0: This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Hey there, it is your friendly integrative nutritionist, Krista Bigler, and I'm coming to you early this week because it is Eczema and Psoriasis Awareness Week online in Summit World. And I'm really honored to be featured this year in the Eczema and Psoriasis Awareness Week. Now, you can still catch the entire week. Of course, there's more than one speaker like most online summits per day. But if you're catching this at the beginning of the week when it publishes, on Monday, my favorite pick would be Karan Krishnan. Remember from episode 23, Forget Everything You Know About Probiotics, still the most popular episode on the Less Stress Life podcast. Tuesday, September 24th, Yours truly will be on talking about tough cases of eczema and liver stuff and detoxification. Um, Lots of awesome speakers the rest of the week, too. Totally love Chris Masterjohn. Dr. Peter Leo is probably one of the primary... Eczema doctor experts kind of out there right now. Dr. Carrie Jones, uh, she'll be on this podcast in a couple of months. She is the uh, she's the medical director for the comprehensive hormone testing company we use. So anyway, should be really great. My friend Jen Fugo of the Healthy Skin Show is hosting, and she also had you know, really aggravating eczema. Hers really presented on her skin. Um, I will mention, I don't know if we've talked about... uh, I'm sorry. Of course, it presented on her skin. Duh. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about eczema on the hands. Hers presented on her hands. And I always think about hand eczema coming up after a bout of really big stress because we think about um, pantothenate or B5 kind of being dumped. And anyway, we don't talk about that here now. But what I would love for you to do is go into the show notes, grab my link for eczema and psoriasis awareness week. It's totally free. Go in, find it, check it out. Um, If you listen to any episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Hello at lessstresslife.com. You can go to the lessstresslife.com and leave us a speak pipe voicemail. Um, and that's, that's it. I just wanted to get this information out to you earlier this week. So please tune in and let me know what you listen to and enjoy. All right, today on the Less Stress Life podcast, I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about something I posted on social media recently, which was about a twitching eyelid. Now, don't turn this off if you don't have a twitching eyelid, um, but if you've known anyone who had restless leg syndrome, has ever had cramps, let's say menstrual cramps or like a Charlie horse or um, the, the weird twitching, whatever, let's see, what else? Um, there's a lot of things and I'm gonna tell you all about it. I wanna talk to you about magnesium. So what happened to me was, and people will say this, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've had that eye twitch before, too. I've had that symptom before, too. And it kind of came and went. And I noticed it came around a time of stress. So this happens because when stress or cortisol goes up, so cortisol is our really necessary uh, stress hormone, it controls metabolism and immune system. So it's really necessary. We can't function without it, but we tend to overuse it. Why? Because we kind of end up in this stress state. Actually, cortisol is short action time. It's only supposed to last for about 90 minutes because you should be able to get a flat tire on the way home from work and deal with it. So cortisol going up, that helps you deal with that situation. And then you should be able to go to bed that night. A lot of people have very erratic cortisol. Um, When you're working shifts, it can be very challenging because sleep is not where it should be really. And so you get circadian rhythms off. Um, and so anyway, I hope we get to talk a lot more about that in the future because that's kind of a really interesting topic, but back to stress. So stress goes up, cortisol goes up and we get magnesium dumped. Now, fun little mechanism. I didn't realize until I was at a microbiome conference recently. I knew that when stress goes up, stomach acid would go down. And I know I hope that some of you listening to this might be past clients and you know all about stomach acid and its role in preventing gut pathogens from taking hold. I always say stomach acid is the reason that a college kid can eat a leftover pizza that was sitting out all night and not really get sick because that stomach acid is meant to be the barbed wire fence. It's supposed to help... Um, protect you from pathogens from getting past your stomach and into the really important parts, which are in your intestines, which is where all other good magic things happen. And so stomach acid gets depleted for a lot of reasons. One, we do it because of antacid blockers, which is another topic for another day. Um, But stomach acid helps, I mean, it can help with the breakdown and assimilation of proteins and amino acids, and also with B12. Anyway, so it's important uh, for me when my stomach acid is low, I start burping. And so actually, I saw this present in my daughter recently. Uh, I know she's stressed with school and sports and whatnot. And all of a sudden, she's just burping. And I say, okay, girlfriend, we're gonna assess the stomach, your um, stomach acid situation. Anyway, long story short, stress, decreases stomach acid or it can decrease stomach acid. The reason that this happens is because the one of the enzymes that helps with the creation of stomach acid is dependent on magnesium. That was a lot to say to get to that point. Let me tell you more about why you should care about magnesium. Magnesium is huge. It actually is involved in over 300 biochemical reactions in your body. That's all, how all the magic happens. Muscle and nerve function. So think about it when you got like a twitch Muscle and nerve function, right? Heart rhythm, again, muscle function. Immune system, it deals with bones, helps regulate calcium and copper and zinc. Uh, It's the second most prevalent cation after potassium. So it's an electrolyte technically. So potassium and sodium are the electrolytes you think about when you think about electrolyte beverages, but also magnesium is one as well. It's really essential in all cells um, because it does so many, it helps us so many enzyme function, right? So what does this look like when you have issues? Now, don't read into this too much because when you start to look at symptoms of nutrient deficiencies, we start to see ourselves, which is why I really enjoy nutrient work. It's super fun to not just isolate a nutrient. So I don't wanna give you the impression that we're just isolating one thing, but I will say even with great micronutrient testing, Even for people that are not deficient in magnesium, I see symptomatic improvements by giving appropriate magnesium. So that's why I wanted to share this with you, because it makes for a less stressed life. See what I did right there? Anyway, so things that can present when magnesium is out of whack is that you can have changes to appetite. You can have nausea, vomiting. Now, those would be kind of odd. You could have um, fatigue or like muscle cramps. So there's a little different. I think about twitches. um, I think about heart spasms, uh, heart rhythm, just like restless legs, things like that. It basically relaxes muscles and nervous system. So if you think about it, if you're having cramps, like a period cramp, and you do uh, something that relaxes muscles, it can relieve that, right? Um, it can help with headaches. Now, it doesn't always work. I'll usually do 200 milligrams, and then every 15 minutes, another 200, up to 600. And it's if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's not, it's not. Um, headaches are a, another ball game, but it can help. So, up to 600 milligrams for a headache um, after every 15 minutes to see if that's going to work for cramps. Similar. Now, it really helps with mood regulation. Let's talk about how that actually happens. It does help in the production of serotonin. Serotonin is our calming neurotransmitter. We think of serotonin as being kind of a precursor to melatonin. It's also been said that Magnesium can kind of mimic the action of melatonin as well. But uh, serotonin, if you think about antidepressants, they're usually just slowing down the excretion or elimination of serotonin. So you want nice, calming neurotransmitter serotonin. So between magnesium and 50 milligrams of B6, etc., that really affects serotonin. So of course, it affects your mood because that's your calming neurotransmitter. Now, another way it can affect your mood is with progesterone. Progesterone I like to give every hormone a person, a personification, because it helps you understand them a little bit better. So for example, estrogen can be a little Jekyll and Hyde like Uh, progesterone. When you have enough of it, it makes you happy. And when we get older, we have a decrease in progesterone. And there's many reasons that we can have a decrease in progesterone. Anytime there's gut issues, what often happens without going into some of the mechanisms is that estrogen is up. So that looks like Kind of not the best periods or menstruational periods. They're just kind of uncomfortable. And then progesterone is a bit down. That's usually what happens. It's kind of a a bit of a, it's a teeter-totter. If one goes up, the other one goes down frequently. Not always how it goes, but that's how it often goes. So a lot of people I talk to could always use a little more progesterone support. So magnesium supports that mood in those ways. It just calms the nervous system as well. So if someone is anxious during the day, it doesn't really hurt to take a little magnesium. Now, let's talk about magnesium differences. And to be perfectly honest, I lost half of this recording <laughs> um, after the day after I realized it the next day. So I'm hoping I don't forget anything. Um, I would love to hear your questions if you drop them in a speakpipe message at lessstressedlife.com. But let's talk about forms of magnesium. So there is magnesium in the drugstore you can buy that's a liquid that is like a dollar and it's for stimulating a bowel movement and it's very uncomfortable. So don't buy that, please. Um, It's not going to do what we need it to do. We need nutrients to get inside of cells because that's where the magic happens inside cells where biochemical reactions happen. So the best, because magnesium is a mineral, minerals can be a little bit harder to replete when they're actually deficient. Um, they can take quite a while. Um, the most absorbable version is thought to be glycinate form, and that goes for all minerals, zinc glycinate, magnesium glycinate, et cetera. I will say that you can get symptomatic relief. Remember earlier I was talking so fast, but... Earlier, I was talking about how even if someone doesn't show a deficiency for magnesium, I still see symptomatic improvement and who doesn't like like that nice calm feeling or whatnot that you're looking for from magnesium. It's subtle, but it's there so we can get, it doesn't really hurt. And I don't, I don't, it does, you know, play with calcium, copper, zinc, potassium, vitamin D, but I haven't really had issues with people taking so much magnesium that they're driving those other nutrient down nutrients down that can happen with some other interactions. I just don't really see it with magnesium too much. I mean, I don't, I've not seen that really at all. Um, so anyway, back to forms, you don't want the garbage form. Um, So magnesium citrate, which you often find on the shelf as Natural Calm, who is not sponsoring this, um, I often will recommend that because it's easy, but long-term citrate can be a little hard on the enamel on your teeth if you do it day in and day out. So I actually recently tested many versions of magnesium glycinate for taste purposes because I was looking for something that wasn't a pill. I was looking for something yummy, yummy that tasted good because natural calm comes in so many different flavors. It's sort of like something to enjoy before bed. And so I did find there was a couple brands from pure encapsulations and soroyal. If you go to my website, you can get to high quality supplements. Um, Anyway, we don't have to go into that conversation today about why you want to care where you get things. But anyway, they have a couple liquid versions and they're like an apple and a pomegranate and they're super delicious and I love them and probably didn't need to go off on that tangent. But magnesium glycinate is what you are looking for. So 200, 400 milligrams, either of those are really okay. I think starting around 200, 250 is a good place to start. Now, do you have to take this orally? No. I used to recommend people do it topically. Magnesium seems to be absorbed pretty well topically. Uh, So one of my favorite ways to get magnesium topically is, well, the cheap way is Epsom salt. That's, um, that is an option, but I really like a very particular kind of Epsom salt with magnesium in it called ancient minerals. It's got some other nutrients in it, silica and MSM that are very skin softening that I just adore. Something I haven't really experimented with because I got a little bit shy with topicals um, because every magnesium spray would burn me as, um, is magnesium lotion. And I'd really like to try Ancient Minerals Magnesium Lotion, but I haven't gotten around to this yet. So if anyone here tries it, please let me know what you think. I feel like a couple people have told me that it works effectively, Um, but that's it. So I'd love to hear what you think. But you can use magnesium topically, which is a nice option, especially if you're getting, you want to apply localized magnesium to a certain area like a twitching in your legs or something like that. That's a reasonable consideration. It's certainly worth an experiment. So to recap, magnesium glycinate, glycinate is the proper form of minerals, gets inside the cells. More we could talk about with that. Um, to complement this, you can improve fatty acid status. That also helps things get inside of cells. But anyway, another story for another day. Food sources of magnesium include uh, beans, peas, nuts and seeds, especially pumpkin seeds, um, whole grains, whole unprocessed grains, um, legumes and potatoes. So kind of things that some people eat a lot of, some people don't eat much of at all. Uh, and remember, we're dumping magnesium so often because our stress goes up and it goes down. Um, I believe that also caffeine causes that mechanism as well. Like I think caffeine can, because caffeine would increase cortisol. So that does make sense. I I was thinking that caffeine also dumped magnesium. So uh, there you have it. There's a little bit of my magnesium. It doesn't hurt to just trial it uh, and to dose up a little bit. In general, you want to split up most dosages uh, overall. But if you take a little bit too much uh, in one sitting, here you know, up to 600 milligrams is not really a concern. Um, it's not really going to be a problem. So if you give it a try, let me know. I'd love to hear if it helps with sleep or any other symptoms for you, or if it was just what you needed, or if you want to hear about some other topics similar to this certain nutrients or whatnot, I'd love to also hear from you at hello at less stress life. Make sure you scroll down and check out the show notes. I know they're kind of hard to find in the iTunes um, app now, but if you just scroll down, you can click on the link and go and check out eczema and psoriasis awareness week. I would be so grateful if you would check out my talk there about detoxification and skin issues, if it's relevant to you, or if you share that with a friend, I will see you next week when we're back to talk about acne with my friend Robin. Have a great week.